<laughs> We're live. Let's go back to Eureka Pizza being an inflation fighter. This is an unreal deal for eight dollars. It is. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how you can pay the person making it. And I mean, right, no way. That's why they're always rude. To preface this conversation, Josh brought I in bet, a. I bet the person that sold you this pizza didn't smile one time. <laughs> What flavor do you want? <laughs> Josh brought in a uh, Eureka pizza, and we're decide we're basically saying that Eureka pizza is a uh, inflation killer. It's infl- inflation proof. Inflation proof. Yeah. Inflation proof. He, go Josh got this pizza for eight dollars large. I'm a I'm a diet, bro. That'd be my like six meal of the day, so I can can oh, I be proud of me? Uh, let me let me just read some. Axios. We'll cut the recording. You can have a pizza pizza. Well, here. <laughs> That's going to be episode eight. My wife's eating, making salmon right now, so. <laughs> well, well, it's good. I mean, we don't have to put this part in. So this is good. This is going to be Northwest Arkansas Investing Podcast episode eight. We are pumped to get into some questions on this first one. Yeah. We're going to get into some questions we've had from a few uh different users um brandon's also going to start us off with some market stats things that are happening in your local community um i'll let him take that away brandon's brandon's looking very dapper today by the way thank you (laughs) thank you so this is this is just a little article put out by axios northwest arkansas um but so just a few little Quick snapshots um, by the numbers. NWA's medium home sales price was 330k in January, up 10.8 percent from last year and down 1 percent from December. Um, inventory was up a whopping 157 percent compared to last January. Um, but not that, a surprise, right? Not not a huge surprise there. Um, the number of houses up for sale in 2021 was 2,424, then dropped to 680 in 20 in 2022. Um, and and now they're about 1,754 on the market in this. So last still less than 2021, but double. Yes. But still, yeah, but double. Of, yeah, or more than that, triple of, of what, almost triple of what mm-hmm. we were last year at this time. So it, it seems like things are just getting back to normal. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I've only ever been in real estate in the crazy interest rate nonsense. So like a typical, like I owned my house in 2019 and saw that market, which was, I don't know, your normal 2% your normal appreciation. Oh, I thought you were talking sorry. about interest rate. Not, <laughs> sorry, appreciation. And so like, I was like, oh, cool. Like my house I bought for 250 is now worth 255. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and then. I don't know. And then in a, the past two years, it's like, oh, I bought a house for 165 and it's worth 240 mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I think it's just getting back. I don't think there's ever... I'd like to hear what y'all think on it, but I don't think this there's going to be like a huge dip. I think it's just kind of going to slow down into what normal is. Which going from now to normal will feel like a big dip. It feels like a yeah. huge dip. A yeah. massive dip, but... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know where we're at. Like versus 2019, but it feels like we're 40 percent above where we were in 2019. And 2019 was a great market. Yeah, because even if even if home prices go down 20 percent, we're still above the average appreciation over the past three years. All I say, all I can say about this is there is a it is really hard to find deals that work on the market right now. 
for any investor. Oh yeah. Like I'm looking at that every day and it's just, it's, there was a, one of my investors got quoted 8.5% interest the other day. I mean, which like over the course of history isn't terrible. Um, but for the prices today, it just makes, I mean, why it's like, well, I should just stop looking right now. Like a lot of my investors are feeling hopeless. Brandon, you got any more stats? Yeah. Just a couple other interesting things that I'm looking at. Um, Washington County from December of 2022 to January of 23. Um, the average sales, average residential sales price went from about 415,000 to about 381,000. So just interesting to note, obviously that's a part of the slow season of, of real estate will pick up in the spring, but Another one interesting to note is um, really in Benton County um, this time last year, I guess Washington County too, Benton and Washington County both, average residential days on market are both lower than they were at this time last year. Um, So really, yeah, interesting stat there. We're we're at average days on market for Benton County are 67 um, last January, we're at 83, um, Washington County, 63 now last year, 79. So I, I got to, th- I, I just, I'd love to dig into the data there. I'd love to yeah. dig into that with like normal single family homes that are in like within the city limits. Cause like, I feel like random, random homes are like throwing that way off. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Cause especially in like 2022, like mid 2022 or whatever, man, like it was like I felt like the days on market average time was like two point six seconds. Yeah, a week. Yeah, a week if max. It sucked. Yeah, if it you sucked. Live in it. It was a yeah. week. <laughs> Honestly. So, anyway, it, I mean, we definitely expect a, a slower twenty twenty three. I hope so. It's really, really feels like it's super slow now. But I mean, obviously, we're in the slow season and we're getting into spring and in summertime and that's when real estate will start picking up and we can really get a gauge for the market so hopefully you guys find value in uh, hearing some of those stats on what's happening in the local economy here um, i would say probably that transcends to a lot of america right now is the numbers that brandon's reading um you know worse than last year so um and i we foresee a continued slowdown yeah. even though you know you you see here and there on Facebook and stuff like, you know, feels like 2021 out here. Like I, I, I honestly, I love the enthusiasm, but like, <laughs> I just, I don't see it. Like, yeah, I think for, for certain homes, yes. Like certain homes will go in a heartbeat and in certain areas and pockets, it's going to feel like 2021. If you list something, um, I had one recently that you know, felt like I had like five or six offers, but for the most part, like interest rates are continuing to go up. Your monthly payment is way higher now for your average buyer getting into a home than it is, you know, 2021. And so by default, you're going to be, you know, a thousand people moving in here from Tyson, as we've said on past episodes, isn't going to change much. That's a molehill. Um, I, I see some real opportunities for investors and people picking up things are cheaper in quarter three, quarter four this year. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. The thing I always come back to is like, there's a difference between a crash and a correction Mm -hmm. and like corrections are very normal. And I think that's what we're going to experience. Um, I just love seeing the tweets. It's just like, 
this market's down 25%. The world's on fire. It's like Boise, Idaho. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's up 105%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, so you're plus 75%. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think it's interesting too, you know, with, with interest rates continuing to rise, Josh probably knows this too, but with, and I mean, all of us probably know, but you know, sellers, especially with commercial properties are one are still wanting those compressed cap rates that, um, you, I mean, you're, you're simply underwater buying the property right off the bat. And so, um, until some of these sellers start to understand or start to bring their expectations down get, they can't get what they got last year, um, because of interest rates. So how, how can it, how can there be some creativity or, or maybe they need to come down off of the, I'll tell you something creative that I saw with, um, a multi-unit I was doing was the buyer. It was, uh, 16 units and I'm going to need y'all's help on this because I'm not going to explain it correctly by any means. They were doing like a five year interest only loan. You got a five year interest only. Yeah. I've never heard That's of that in my life. That's insane. So like me and Brandon are trying to get a 12 month from our bank. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been, it may have been like three. I know it was like three for sure. Are they building something? Like, is it a construction? Loan? No, it, really? it, she was part of a syndicate. She was part of a syndicate. It was a syndication. So, so oh, important to have a good really syndication type deal. Um, and, awesome. and it, 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 the numbers did not make sense to them. Like, just straight up getting a mortgage, but like they were like, okay, we could, you know, do appreciation play, do interest for three years, and then just flip it and get out of it. You know, I think that's a creative strategy. Strategy, and I could be totally wrong about that. Like that may not be a thing, but I think it's a thing. I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of. I, I'm a wussy. Playing for appreciation scares me. Oh my goodness, I would not suggest like, it. Yeah, like if it doesn't cash flow, like. And I think I'll get into it eventually as my career like furthers and I don't need the cash flow as much. But if it doesn't make money day one, but it might sell for a little bit more, I don't mm. know. I'm very risk yeah. averse. I get nervous. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You might have float that. Yeah. You might have a diff a little bit different opinion because you you've dealt in some some uh probably some of those more appreciation, less cash flow properties with being, you know, close to downtown Fayetteville yeah. and Dixon Street and stuff like that. Yeah, like, those the ones I'm in over there on Hill Avenue right now, I've got three. And if you rent them as a long term rental, it's literally just break even. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not relying on the income to, to live on. So that's one thing. And, you know, I think they will appreciate I bought them at a really, really great price. And so I feel good about where I'm at on it. And it's fine breaking even. And I'm breaking even with a 4.19% interest rate. And that's pretty good. Build costs. Like I built it? these things. What's your term on that? Uh, it is a three-year term okay. um, that we pre-negotiated. But yeah, um, in like 2019, 2020, you know, but when the rates were yeah. around that. So you're coming up on a new rate? No, 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 no. So it started from November of 2022, gotcha. but it okay, was pre-negotiated okay. in 2019. Gotcha. gotcha. Which is kind of crazy, but it's like you're breaking even pretty crazy. with a great so interest rate. Yeah. Like, yeah, even I, with a great I, interest rate, rate and building them, it's still break even. And we're getting, you know, pretty high rent for that area. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, thousand bucks a bedroom. So it's, like, Goodness <laughs> it's crazy and you're breaking even. So I, I mean, that one I feel comfortable with just because I know where it's at oh, okay. but, and i'm not trying to rely on yeah living off of that but that's a very good point yeah relying on rental income is 
not fun sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not fun. So we have, we're feeling a little big time right now. Cause we have, we have people that are listening to our podcast, sending us questions. Shout out. Thanks. Guys. Shout out. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Um, Isaac's going to read some of these for us. Read some of these for us. We're going to answer some questions to the best of our ability. Hopefully you guys are finding value out of this and we are pouring into your life as you're driving down the road or sitting in the shower or something like that. So Isaac, take it away. Yeah. So um, if you guys don't know about me, I used to um, teach and coach football at Lincoln High School over in Lincoln, Arkansas. Go Wolves. Um, And I had an old student uh, reach out to me. His name's Caleb Carnes. Um, and he was just telling me how much he's enjoyed the podcast and he's getting ready to go off to college and, and wants to, um, set himself up for success in real estate in the future. Um, and so he reached out to me and asked if we could talk about, um, I'm just going to read it word for word. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if y'all could slightly go over getting a real estate license. Say you want to flip houses, house hack, et cetera. Is it worth getting a real estate license or better to go through someone that has one? extra question what exactly does a real estate license allow you to do that you cannot do without one so he's asking basically the pros and cons of getting a real estate license or not and if it's worth it or not yeah i can start this out for us you start with a pro or a con i'll start out with i'll start out with the cost to getting a real estate license that's my that's my pretty only con yeah i mean your con's gonna be you know kind of how old you are and you know if he's younger correct yeah 18 yeah he's 18 so it's going to be about you're going to be all in about 1800 bucks or so something you guys have gotten your i got mine recently how much was it for you probably all in like three grand thing i was definitely off so just because i well i bought a course for my exam i wasn't counting that raw dog your exam you're fine yeah i had to pay for (laughs) sorry can i say raw dog (laughs) yes you can (laughs) not twice but yeah (laughs) our listeners will understand um but yeah if you just go in (laughs) josh (laughs) we just like all like just overlook that and then josh started laughing (laughs) i was was waiting (laughs) anyway Anyway, keeping it PG 13. Yeah, PG 13. But yeah, if you go in, if you can pass your exam without having to pay for like books or an extra class or a practice test, uh, hats off to you. Hats off to you. Yeah, Yeah, but you can probably get away for close to 2,000. Yeah, I'd say close to 2,000. Probably going to be like $2,500, $3,000 to get in. Uh, The question you have to ask yourself is um, that that's going to be probably your only con. Yeah. Your pro is going to be like what I've done myself is when I buy properties for myself, I get to, it almost feels like a discount because I'm getting paid my commission. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like I'm getting paid a little bit to buy these homes and I'm moving in for a low down payment. So like my 5%, I I, typically I get paid around 3% uh, as a real estate agent. And so my dad, if my down payment's 5% and I'm getting paid 3%, then it feels like I just moved into a house for 2%. And I've, preface this in previous videos but you can actually credit that to your closing costs and and down payment it you can just like if you have to get approval through your broker and talk to your broker talk to your title company and lender and yada yada but there's a way to do it and so that's a huge positive Mm -hmm. um, that you can do especially if you're going to be moving into these as primaries another great point would be you have 
a lot more access, uh, immediate access to deals that pop up. You know, so I had listings before in 2021 and 2022 where I would list it pop immediately on the MLS, but I had to hound the heck out of Zillow to get it to pop up. And that's how people see stuff. And so it's not Zillow and realtor.com aren't, aren't bulletproof. Um, and you, you get immediate access to everything. You guys have some, some other pros and cons. Um, I, I would just, I was just asked, so I, I got into it seven or eight years ago, got my license and luckily, luckily enough for me, my, my parents had this firm. And so I was able to hang my license with them and work at it part-time and get to do that. But, uh, I know you were with a firm previously. Was, was there any requirements for you from like a work perspective? Did you need to do this much per week or did you actually have to work at like a job or could you do it on the side as you know, your life was going on? I'm trying to remember correctly. I think it was pretty, it was pretty relaxed. And I think, I think most brokerages are pretty relaxed. It's like, you know, you put in, you put into it what you want to get out. And I think that's the main, um, what every broker will tell you is like, you want to make a lot of money in this business, (laughs) go work for it. I think a lot of people think that you get your license and just sit at a desk and wait for the phone to ring and a lead to come in. Then you just go show somebody a home. But I mean, this is a, Eight, this is an eight to five plus some type job. I mean, you, you got to be, I mean, I'll be honest, like I do get to sleep in some mornings, like, <laughs> which is great. I, yeah. That's why I chose this job. Like I love being able to pick my schedules, but it's because I loaded up the end part of my day. I can choose what, what part of my days, you know, there, there'll be days where I'm up at 5am asleep at midnight for three or four days in a row. But then I'll be like, Hey, let's go to Colorado and I can work from afar. Um, so it's really at my, sorry, I got kind of sidetracked there, but really at my last brokerage, it, it was kind of just, you know, put into it what you want to get out of it. And there were some times where it'd be like, Hey guys, like, you know, you said you wanted to make $50,000 this year of this, but you aren't doing the activity to do it. Um, yeah, I think most broker brokers are like there to help you, but you got to help yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The brokerage I was at is a little bit, um, you know, old, old school, I guess you could say. And um, and they, they, you know, you pay the fees to be a realtor and then and there was a fee like printer fee, whether you print it or not. There was a fee for, you know, their advertising that they were doing there. You know, it was like nickel and diamond you for fees. You had to coming to meetings twice a week or one, I don't know, once, once or twice a week. Yeah. And so me trying to do this just kind of on the side, it was like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is a lot. So mm-hmm. I think if you're going to do it and try to, what you're talking about, Brandon doing something like you have a life and you kind of want to just have this on the side to do what Zach's talking about and buy properties for yourself. And then, you know, do a couple deals a year selling or, or being you know, a realtor for somebody else. Um, choose a brokerage that, you know, fits that and, and is allowing you to, and understands that in advance and is allowing you to, to do that. Of course. Yeah. Um, I, a a longer answer, I guess, to the question or more specific answer to just Caleb in this scenario is like, I wouldn't recommend getting it off the rip because I guarantee, you know, when you graduate high school, you're going to know like five people that get their real estate license immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can go and focus on school or whatever you're doing and just be like, hey, Brandon, this is what I did. I'm looking for single family rentals in this area. Here's my top number. Text me what you got. 
And then you just, it's kind of on autopilot and then he'll send you when they come on the market and you run the numbers and you say yes or no. And, and you can kind of sit back and like, like I was working a, I was teaching. So like, I didn't really have time to go out and find stuff. And so you can use an agent to go find the deals. Mm. Um, but then whenever you want to kind of go more full time, like I ended up getting my license. So now, um, I can be the one that's out hunting them because I have the time to do it. Yeah. So as, as long as you have the time to do it. And then I also made a note and I said, if you think Josh kind of said this, if you think you can get some commission throughout the year to cover your fees, then it's also kind of a no brainer. Yeah. If you can get some commission to pay for it, um, then having access to all the tools that it comes with is, is killer for investing. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's great. You really got to preface your, your time, you know, especially at the age of 18 it where's my demographic am i you know a lot of my people within your sphere are probably not gonna be buying homes at 18 to 20 Um, so if you do get it at that age and you're like man i really want to sell a bunch of homes you have to be able to have the ability to reach up to the population above you that's older than you and be able to present yourself in a manner that shows that you know what you're talking about so that they can trust you because you're already 18 so you have that going against you yeah uh there's just it's hard for a, a 50 year old to go i'm trusting this five hundred thousand dollar house with this 18 year old like it's just it's not a comfortable it's not even a comfortable sentence for, for me to say and i i'm 26 and i i still have people that go well how long have you been in the business and like i hate i'm like ah oh, three years yeah. and they automatically like are like ah oh, okay whatever but then i have a conversation with them and they're like dang like you know what you're talking about so um i would say if you get it maybe know yourself and know it know if you can or cannot reach to the population above you potentially um or if you I mean, another thing to think about is, do you even have the the capital at 18 or the ability to buy these properties? You know, that's a big thing, because if you don't have the ability to buy these properties and you're banking on being able to buy them and use your commission, then don't get it because you can't even buy the property in the first place. You're going to kill yourself with the fees. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going to pay 900 bucks a year for the second part to this question. That is just setting up Zach for... (laughs) for his favorite is that a house hack oh man oh baby hold, hold let me yeah go let me finish on come that on, come on come on i would say um caleb you know I, if if investing is your goal um you know i would i would probably f- try to find a gig that would help me fund that goal right and, and then and then in the meantime um find a, a great realtor or a friend that's a realtor that you trust that can help you learn investing and one of us one of us What's that? Yeah, one, one of us. Um, <laughs> and learn the business, and so you can learn in that in that fashion. But while also while you're able to earn money and earn a good living and stack away as much cash as you can, um, and then when you know, I think that would prepare you in the future if you want to get your license. Maybe when you're, you know, graduate college, or maybe when you're in college, or maybe after call, you know, sometime in your in your late years, um, then you you'll be fully prepared and and you could really be that investor realtor that um, others will trust because you know the game. So. What's his name again? Caleb. I would say to Caleb and just anyone young, I would say take the time rather than going through the course to get your real estate license or whatever. Take the time to start listening to 
podcasts, reading books, um, understanding the verbiage, listen to this podcast, listen to bigger pockets, listen to some sort of fi- even finance podcasts. Like I wish I would have gotten my degree in finance just so I would have come out of college just with a better understanding because everything has to do with finance. Yeah. Take the time, take that money and invest in your, in your personal knowledge and yourself, uh, Right now, I, I wish I would have started listening to podcasts and reading books on business and things of that nature at your age, Caleb. So um, just start driving down the road and listen to investing in real estate podcasts. All right. So, so second part of this question. So he's he's worked throughout high school, about to go to college, um, probably going to work a little bit through college, I imagine. Um, and he's got a little bit saved up. What do you recommend he do to get started should he what if let's say he has 2500 bucks like what what is what do you do if you're in college and you have 2500 bucks you want to get into real estate and i mean this is just a, just a lob gosh if you have 2500 bucks and you're in college then you need to buy a fifty thousand dollar house for that down payment <laughs> <laughs> i would say if you have 2500 bucks and you're in college then Keep saving it. Don't spend it on alcohol. Don't spend it on a date that you think the gross girl you think's cute. You know, don't buy a ring yet. You can't get creative with with free dates. Yeah, you can't oh, get creative. Yeah, go to the park. Go 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 read some books. Um, but if you have twenty five hundred dollars, keep that was a Nacho Libre reference, by the way. <laughs> um, take that $2,500, make that 5000 then make that 7500 At your age, you're probably, it's going to be tough for you to get approved by a lender by yourself. Find somebody, find grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, somebody around you that will co-sign for you. That's the only way you're going to be able to buy a house at that age. Yeah. Uh, I would say probably. I, I what do you weird, got? I had a weird back door that I used whenever I was 22. Would you leverage something? I started an LLC and got a small business loan. Ah, nice. But it was a, it had a two-year term. And so started an LLC, bought a house as an investment property, um, had to put 20% down because mm-hmm. it uh, wasn't a residence technically, and then rented out the rooms, mm-hmm. house hacked it to my friends, and then in two years, I refinanced. Okay. So, so they gave you, you opened the business, and then boom, you asked for a loan like day two? Of well, I mean, I've been talking to him about it for like a year and I, I had a really good relationship with my banker and I was yeah. like, Hey, I have no W2. Like, what can we do? And he was like, here's a workaround that I think I can get approved. It was kind of how it worked. And that's why you have good relationships. You got to have a relationship with your banker. You can't just like walk into Arvest and be like, Hey, here's my EIN number. Yeah. <laughs> Money, please. Also, there's a cap on it, which, so it, the house couldn't be more than 250,000. <laughs> EIN number also means employment identification number, which you get from getting an LLC. It's like a social security number for your business. Correct. Um, But yeah, so it may be a little tough to find a house that's under $250,000 nowadays, but you can find them. You can find them. And that was the tax. Yeah, I would say if you got $2,500, keep saving because it's going to be tough to, I mean, even at three and a half percent down. I mean, someone can run the math, but with closing costs and things, I, th- I would say you really probably need around $10,000. Um, and maybe you can team up with your dad or mom or grandma or grandpa and say, hey, can you give me an extra five? Um, and then when I move out, I'll split the cash flow with you or something. Be, get creative. There's, peop- those, there's people around you that want to see you win. Yeah, four years so, to figure it out. 
Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, start start this journey in college. You'll you'll look back and you'll be thirty and, and be and be so happy that you started earlier. Yeah. Um, it'll compound for I you. I think there's one person if you asked them what they like what they wish they would have done differently, like right when they got out of college, it's like I should have bought a house. Mm-hmm. I've had so many people tell me that. Yeah. It's like I wanted to spend my early twenties, like I'm finally free. I'm not going to school. I have some income. Like I want to travel. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, but putting a down payment on the house is pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, Zach said a lot of great things there and, uh, you know, 2,500, it's tough, but we're not talking about that. You need 50 to go do something. You mm-hmm. need probably in between 10 and 15 grand to put down. And yeah. so if you could get you to five and then go to somebody else and try to get another five or 10, you can find five or 10 grand. I can mm-hmm. guarantee you can find five or 10,000. Somebody would invest now. Let me back up just here as one point I was going to make is when you have 2,500, like Zach saying is you just got to learn. You need to put in the hours in learning real estate so that you know what you're looking for. And that when you go to somebody and ask for five grand or 10 grand, uh, that they feel comfortable giving you that and that that's going to work. And here are the numbers and I'm going to rent these rooms out and, you know, I'm going to be living for free and then plus cash flow, whatever, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And, uh, you'll be able to find five yeah. or 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, just spending that time more than anything. And if you got $2,500, just being able to spend that time and understanding your market. I think when you're thinking about buying an investment property, um, when you get to that point to be able to just look at a house and be like, I know that could, that could rent for 1500. Like I think all of us now have been in real estate long enough where we could boom, we, we know that'll rent for 2000 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Like to be able to know that and to, it, it takes time and, and it takes just always being looking at the market, seeing what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think, I think your, your time and effort are your biggest asset there, Caleb, and, and not your 2,500 bucks. So. And I think too, is the, when you listen to a bunch of podcasts or whatever, you're going to have people, uh, you know, putting stuff in the spreadsheets and IRR and cap rate and what you don't need any of that. And we're talking about, you should, once you know what you're doing, you should be able to do it on the back of a napkin and figure out whether it's going to work or not. Now, spreadsheets are not bad. You need yeah. to, you know, you need to be educated, but you should be able to look at it what am I, what's my rent, property tax, insurance, maintenance, boom. What? Okay. Let's I mean, see if we can do it. Literally yeah. Google mortgage calculator and then running comps on rents. And then fr- from there, if I know those two numbers, I can like boo boop, beep boop, bop in my head and figure out yeah. kind of like, this is not a good deal or let's look into this further. Here we go. little plug. If you follow the NWA investing Instagram account and DM us spreadsheet, we will send you a very basic Google spreadsheet for analyzing deals. Yes, we, yes, we will. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. sweet. That's sweet. Yeah, there we go. Get the follows up. Cool. Bring it. Uh, that's a great, great question. Kate. Yeah, great I, thought, question. I thought it was solid to, to be 18 and you're thinking about it. Uh, you're going to be ahead of the game. I can tell you at uh, 20 or 21, I was a sophomore in college. I had literally probably 10 cents in my bank account. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. literally 10 cents borrowing money from my girlfriend to flip stuff on Craigslist and whatever. <laughs> so you are ahead and uh, 
at that point, I didn't know I was wanting to do real estate. I knew I was wanting to be in some sort of business, but uh, finance or whatever. And I didn't figure that out until sophomore year of college. So, yeah, I would say if, if you're listening to this and you are 18, if you're 28, 38, 48, 58, 68, whatever, it's not too late to get started. You know, if you're if you're listening to this and you're in your 50s plus 40s plus like you still have time to make a great lasting impact on like your life. And then you're planting, you know, I've, I've heard my dad say this, you're planting trees for the shade that you'll never feel. And I think that's super honorable. You'll, mm. you'll plant those trees, um, those investments for your kids. And then your great, I mean, your kids are probably already born, but your great grandkids, those will be passed down. Those will be cash flowing paid off assets for those people and they'll say great granddad this is great granddad's purchase you know you're think about your legacy and doing things um you know we only have a not trying to get super deep we only have a a little bit of time on this earth on the scale of uh you know eternity so make an impact with it you you made a point there and it's ring a bell this is on a side note kind of related to him but to Caleb, but something that I'm definitely going to do after I saw this video uh, somewhere is this guy uh, had a kid. As soon as he had a kid, he bought a house within the first three, four years, put it on a 15 year note. Yep. And his only goal was to make it break even. It's like, if you cash flowed, all right, great. But let's just let it break even. And when that, when that kid turns 18 years old, they have a house free and clear that they can live in. They can sell it. They can use the money. They can, you know, cash out. I mean, you probably buy a $300,000 house. You probably at, you're not going to do a house hack or anything at what what you're thinking here. Maybe (laughs) you do, but let's just say you don't, you put 20% down. So you're 60 grand in it. And then in 18 years, your kids got something that's worth probably 400,000. Yep. Yeah. So that's, I mean, then, I never, that's super simple. I've never even thought oh, about yes. it that way. That, great. That's great. Tor, Tori and I have that along those lines, Tori and I have said, we have, we have two rentals right now. And for our first two kids, you know, our first, however many rentals, or depending on how many kids we have, like those will go to them and you can go, Hey, you know, this is either almost paid off or paid off. And probably at that time it'd be almost paid off or something like that. It's cash flowing. Take, take with this, you know, I'm going to do this over to you. You can either sell this if you want to and pay for your college. You can use the cash flow to help you pay and work a job. You can do a HELOC out of this. Um, by then I, I told Tori and I talked and I said, hopefully by then I've have taught them enough to where they know the, the correct answer. It's not the, probably not going to be the sell and let's make 200 K it's let's keep this asset. Let's HELOC some money. I think I can still cash flow. Even if I HELOC use that to pay for my first two years and, and or maybe do a couple other deals that you know so i i'm so about the thinking of your your kids and giving them you're basically like handing them over a small business and saying Mm -hmm. figure this out now i've I've taught you up to this point best education you can give them oh my gosh yes it's cool great well thank you for the questions yeah we are going to thank keep them coming thank you guys for all the support I, i get People text me all the time thanking me for the show, saying they're loving it. If you guys have any input, good or bad, let me know. Uh, We love the feedback. So, out.